Today's message is entitled Prophetic Prayer. Prophetic Prayer. All right? Stay with me. I won't teach for long, and then we'll pray, and I'll get out of the way. Ezekiel 29, 1 to 3. Let's read. Verse 1 to 3. In the tenth year, in the tenth month, in the twelfth day of the month, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and prophesy against him and against all Egypt. Speak and say, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I am against thee, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, the great dragon that lieth in the midst of the rivers, which had said, My river is mine, and I have made it for myself. I continue? No, that's verse 3, right? Yeah. Okay. Ezekiel 29. In the 10th year, in the 10th month, in the 12th day of the month, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Son of man, set thy face against Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and prophesy against him and against all evil. He said, speak and say, thou says the Lord God, behold, I am against thee, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, the great dragon that light in the midst of the river, which I said, my river is my own. I have made it for myself. <clears throat> in this scripture, say with me, or text, God is educating Ezekiel the prophet on how to execute a kind of prayer which I call prophetic prayer or prophetic prayer. Now, prophetic prayer is birthed and inspired by revelation. Take note. Prophetic prayer is inspired and birthed by revelation. Prayer is only accurate by the understanding and revelation one has received. So you can't pray effectively until you have sufficient revelation and understanding. David said, Lord, give me understanding and I may live. David said in Psalm 102 verse 13, we all know this scripture. He said, thou shalt arise and have mercy upon thine. For the time to favor us, yes, the set time to favor us. Yes, the set time is now. So David stimulated or formulated a prayer because he had an understanding of the times and the seasons in which he lived. He said, thou shalt arise and have favor and mercy on Zion for the set time. In other words, David understood the time he was in. So by the understanding of that time, through the instrument of revelation, he offered a prayer unto God. Men pray for many reasons. And sometimes if you don't have a divine reason, your prayer point or your prayer request will not strike a call. But in this type of prayer, 
which is called prophetic prayer, only a man who has received sufficient revelation and understanding can offer this kind and this type of prayer. To pray prophetic prayer, you must be taught the syllables of prophetic prayer. Remember what Jesus, the disciples said to Jesus? He said, teach us how to pray. So in other words, there are types of prayers that you must be taught how to pray. So, if the disciples told Jesus, teach us how to pray, now our third scripture for today, which is Ezekiel 29, Ezekiel is being taught or is being lectured by God himself. So the person teaching Ezekiel this type of prayer is God himself. He said, Thou say the Lord God, behold, I'm against thee. So let's break down these three verses and we pray. The first thing I want you to look at is the kind of address God gave to Ezekiel the prophet. All over the Bible, there are many ways God addresses men. God can come to you and address you as a friend. God can come to you and address you as a prophet. God can come to you and address you as a man after my own heart. God doesn't say things just for saying sake, like some of us say things for saying sake. God is intentional about the words he speaks. Jesus said, the words I speak to their spirit and their life. So what was the address that God gave Ezekiel the prophet? And the address he gave Ezekiel the prophet was son of man. Now I want to ask a question real quick. What does it mean for you to be called son of man? I'm teaching. I'm not going to just preach and go. What does it mean to be called son of man, Kenneth? What does it mean to be called son of man? What does it mean to be called son of man? Anybody, if you have an answer, let me know. Because uh, from my understanding, I know that uh, Jesus was also called the son of man. And oh, okay. And that's like one of his identities. When you're addressing Jesus, we usually address him as the king, the son of man, the son or the son of God. I'm a perfect example. So I think being a son of man, in a sense, means that you are also taking the same path as Jesus. That you are supposed to walk the same path as he walked, because he was addressed as the son of man. So you must also, in sense, walk the same path that he walked also be called the son of man. Okay. okay. Thank you. you. You strike a chord in Jesus as son of man. That was very good. Enoch, son of man, what what thinkest thou on that phrase? Um, when I hear son of man, uh, it's essentially uh, the form which God took in order to make sure that his, uh, you know, redemption came to man. In order for redemption to come from God, 
he had to take the form of a man to give that redemption to man. So when I hear son of man, it's essentially the, the process of how Christ came on this earth through a man and that man or that woman being Mary. So son of man is essentially the, the description of the, the physical aspect of the being that is God or, you know, that is Christ. So that's how I view son of man as. Okay, very good. What about Ezekiel? Because you are talking in the context of Jesus. And I ask in the context of Ezekiel, why did God address Ezekiel as a son of man? Um, why God addressed Ezekiel as a son of man? That's a, that's a very interesting question. I think it's um, God, in, in a way, trying to tell Ezekiel who, who, who he is. You know, son of man, set your face against Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Uh, I, I think it's, uh, if, you, if you, you know, in the book of Romans, when it says, for all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God, I think that's why he called him a son of man, because Ezekiel, prior to him meeting God, him meeting his maker, was a son of man. You know, before you meet God, before you become who you are in God, you are a son of man. You are the son of a man. So I think that's why he called Ezekiel a son of man. I mean, he calls him son of man throughout much of the book of Ezekiel, but in my understanding, that's why I think he called him the son of man. All right, all right. Ella, son of man, in the context of Ezekiel. <laughs> um, I don't know, but I was just thinking that son of man because he's born of flesh and spirit, I guess. So. Okay. <laughs> you see why? You see why we have to do Bible study? Oh, that's my case. George, son of man, George Ember, son of man, if you can speak, what do you think? Son of man, George. Um, to me, I think um, son of man is uh, a person who is a child of a mortal. You know, oh. not, not like um, Jesus Christ was, you know, an immortal, you know, who was closer to God, who knew God, who stayed with God. So, yeah, that's why I think um, son like, of man. An immortal, but Jesus was also called a son of man. Yeah. You go, you go, you go, you go. Benedict, Odai, if you are available to speak, what thinkest thou on that phrase, son of man? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. Yeah, we can hear you. So, uh, I'm in future. Can you hear better? Yeah, much better. Son of man, content of music. Okay. Uh, son of man. Hmm. You guys have all pretty much said what I would have said. But uh, yeah, um, I mean, I feel like uh, when normally you say man, I think that like normally sometimes they, they use man and it's like it refers to like both men and women. It's like, but then they just say man in a sense, like to refer to, I guess you could say the human race or something, the pretty much being human. So when you say uh, son of man, it's like, it's like you're obviously like you're born of flesh and like, I don't know, it's difficult to explain. I think Enoch was like along the lines of how Enoch explained it at first. Yeah. So 
Yeah, pretty much it's like as you're born of uh, uh, the body and flesh, so it's like son of man. So it's like you are a son made of, like made of human, like you're human, like that is like son of man. So in a sense, that's like the word son. And if, if let's say he says daughter, uh, daughter of man, which you barely see, that is like, in a sense, it's uh, yeah, it's like made of flesh. But at the same time, son also, son, it can also refer to you being uh the son of god and so in a sense that too is like it's like a merger both uh divinity and human being merged in a sense so yeah Ooh, okay. so, i mean if you have the spirit in you so it's like you have the spirit in you at the same time you are you are of man but at the same time you have the spirit in you too mm. so yeah kf kf if you're available to speak son of man kf okay oh, um okay okay to me, I believe it's, you know, mortal man. That's what I believe. As they said, uh, flesh, you know, made of, made of flesh. That's what I believe it is. Mortal man. Okay. Good. Nobody's wrong. All the answers are along the line. But son of man, Bible studies here, I'm teaching. Son of man. <laughs> Simply means, listen. Don't forget this in your life. Son of man, in the context of Ezekiel, I can translate this into the context of Jesus in the book of Luke. Son of man simply means a spokesperson for a certain group of people. So, you know, in every family, there is this thing called Ebusia Peni. speaks on behalf of every family member. So when God was addressing Ezekiel, the prophet, in Ezekiel 29, son of man, he was addressing him as the Ebushiapini. So whatever Ezekiel would do and say, he has spoken for everybody in the land of Israel. Same thing with Jesus in the book of Luke. He was addressed as the son of man because he has that mandate, he has that stature. In order is whatever Jesus will do will affect the human race. So he is the representative of men, son of man. Son of man. It means he's the representative of men. Don't forget this. I will ask this along the zoom. Son of man, he's the spokesperson. So when God addressed Ezekiel as the son of man, it means that Ezekiel is the representative of the whole of Israel. So son of man for you could be, so you could be the son of man for your family. In other words, when God wants to do business in your family, he contacts you because you are the son of your family. It's not talking about flesh, I'm human, no. It's talking about a representative, a spokesperson. You are the ambassador of your family. So when divinity wants to communicate in a territory, in a family, in an institution, it goes to the son of man. It is not everyone who can represent your family, am I lying? In of every all of every family here, I believe so. As a somebody that speaks, it could probably be your dad, 
that person represents your family. When there's a mind ceremony, they bring they tell us bring someone that represents the 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 the, the, the bride's family or the guy's family or the female's family. Son of man. So if that person speaks, he has spoken for everyone. So in this context, in Ezekiel 29, 1 to 3, Ezekiel is the spokesperson, the representative for the whole of Israel or his territory. So when Ezekiel speaks, he has spoken for everyone. So the son of man can call the shots. For this reason, the son of man. Now, let me, let me, let me jump to Luke. Can I tell something? In the book of Luke, which is the book of the universal grace of God, the book of Luke is talking about the salvation package of God. The book of Matthew talks about the kingdom of God, right? So in the book of Luke, what Luke was trying to say is that Jesus is not just an immortal. Jesus is the representative of human race. That is why the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, he is the patting man. So in the eyes of God, the only man that has walked upon the earth or that has lived upon the earth, that has done the bidding of the Father to 100% in Jesus Christ, is the Son of Man. He is representing the human race. So when heaven looks down on earth and is looking for someone to represent man, we will look to Jesus because he is the son of man. He is the son of man. He is representing you and I. Then you flip the switch. And on the, in the book of Matthew, it says the son of God. This is my beloved son in whom I want to The son of God. The person who represents God. Uh, is it? Are you understanding it? Son of man. Representing you and I, Son of God, representing the Father. Bible says that what Jesus Christ is the express image of the Father. So when you see Jesus, you have seen God. Is the Son of God, the representative of God. That is the Son of God. The Son of Man is the representative of us. Son of Man. Son of God. So in order to pray prophetic prayers, you must represent a certain group of people. Have you realized that at some point of your life, you get so many revelations about your family? Or you get so many revelations about your school or about a group of, you know, your, your classmates? It means in that sphere of vicinity, you are the son of man. When God wants to do business in your family, he comes to you. That is why he gives you that revelation. He doesn't give you that revelation just for, just for seeing sake. You are the son of man. And the son of man has a responsibility to prosecute. If God wants to do business in your family, you are the agent in contact. You are the son of man. Because I can assure you, there are many men, but it's only a few men that can do business with God. 
So son of man can be for a nation, city, family, basically a sphere of influence. Now the word son of man is not a fancy title. It is work, it is responsibility. When you know that, oh, I've gotten to a place where I'm representing a group of people, don't see it as a, 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 as, 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 uh, as, as a post, like you are an MP, so you can do anything. No, it's a responsibility. It's a call to a higher responsibility. Because you represent that people. To the extent that you carry the burdens and the needs of that particular people that you are chosen to represent, son of man, what do you die? Son of man is a burden. Some of us, our jurisdiction is only our family. You are the son of man only in your family. As you grow, God will enlarge that sphere of influence. Now you become the son of man in your city. When God wants to do something in your territory, he comes to you. When God wanted to do things in, in, the, in, 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 the, in, the, in the times of the prophet in the Old Testament, he goes to the son of man. The prophet Ezekiel, the prophet Isaiah, the prophet Jeremiah, Hosea, Joel. Why? Because they were the sons of men. They were the representatives for men on earth. They were the men that had the greatest alignment so God can do business with them. Son of man to you may mean different things. Some of you are son of man is your family. Son of man to me is not my family only. Son of man for me, I can say, is to a group of certain youth, not just here, beyond. So you must grow in stature to the point where your sphere of influence in the economy of son of man is not just one man. Bible says the little one shall become a thousand. A small nation shall become a great nation. The least amongst us shall be as strong as David. You must come to a place where your sphere of son of man is not just one person. It has to be a lot of people. You must grow. That's why spiritual growth is, is a necessity. Because God ain't going to entrust a nation to a baby. Ain't happening. It is work. It is responsibility. You are not called for yourself. You are called to others. This year, I will demand fresh, fresh, not express. Number two, ingredients for prophetic prayer. Set thy face. And I read verse two for us again. Okay, verse 2. Son of man, set thy face against Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and prophesy against him and against all Egypt. He said, son of, he said, son of man, set thy face. Another question. This year, I'll ask question. Set thy face. This will start off with the last question I started with. Came out for it your own. Set thy face. What, what thinkest thou? What does it mean to set thy face? 
or take your feet. We are breaking scripture. Set thy face. Set yeah. thy face. Uh, is it set thy face? What was the what's the scripture? What's the scripture again? Can you please repeat the scripture? Ezekiel 29, verse 1 to 3. And can the Bible saying that in the 12 years, in the 12 months, in the 12 days of mm-hmm. the month, the word of the Lord came unto me, Ezekiel speaking, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and prophesy against him and against all Egypt. Verse 3, speak and say, that says the Lord, build I'm against thee, Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, the great dragon that light in the midst of the river, which I said, my river is mine, and I made it for myself. So uh, what is the meaning of that phrase, set thy face? Alignment. I believe it's alignment. It's to align oh. yourself, you know, in the position, in the position with God, so that you can have every everything and every command to go to Pharaoh. Basically, it's alignment, align, aligning with God. That's what I would say. Powerful. Uh, Benedict, set thy face. What meaning thou? Um, set thy face. Um, um, ideally, it's um, I don't know. I just take it literally over here. So it's like, set thy face to set your face. It's like your identity, who you are. You are not going as if you are not going to stand from a distance and then um, prophesy against Pharaoh. Like you, pretty much, you're going to. No, normally it's like when they say somebody has uh, uh, has it's like when someone has disgraced you, it's like this they've disgraced your face. You get me? So at the same time, at the same time, when you go, when they say go, like set your face, it's like you're going with you're going with full vim. You're going with uh, what's it called? You're you're going as a representative. You're not representing your just yourself at this stage because first he started with son of man. You get me? Where he's he's told you that you're not. Like how you said, you're 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 representing a group. You represent in this case, God is sending you. So you are not just representing yourself. You have uh, you're you're representing God too. So it's like in a sense, you're going with not just your face. You're going with God's face. In a sense, you're going with God's. You're going with the identity of um, identity of God's of, of a spokesperson sent by God. So in a sense, that's why you're going with your face. I don't, I don't know how she explains. It's like it's literal. The thing that it's not literal in a sense. Too. So, yeah. So it's, that I said, you set your face against. So that way, you know, you're you're going, you're prophesying. Say like, yeah, because they know you as Ezekiel. You get me? They know you as a, a man of God. So I say, so you're going as that representation, as that rep- as that identity. So that's why setting your face and going. It's one can say food. He didn't say use someone, some other face. He didn't say use. Uh, um, the phase of like, I mean, that's why, yeah, I guess I'll not go further. I'm just gonna leave it there before I confuse myself. So, okay, George Ember said thy face. What means that? Um, to me, what I think is that God, um, sends Ezekiel to do that just to um, show Pharaoh that, um, he's going against him by using his facial expression that's what that's how i understand it side thy face yeah okay good you know 
set thy face. One minute now. When God uh, told Ezekiel to set his face, as you know, you defined in the previous verse with regards to uh, Son of Man, I think God is instructing Ezekiel as his representative, as the representative of Israel on earth. He's telling Ezekiel that set your focus, set your your alignment to Egypt. And I think this is the same uh, Egypt and the same Pharaoh uh, mentioned in Jeremiah as well. So he's telling him that set your focus onto this mighty kingdom. Because even though you're an exiled prophet, you know, the God you serve is mightier than this kingdom. So he's telling him to set his focus and set his eyes on Pharaoh. And essentially... Everything he go, he does from here on should be focused on Egypt and should be focused on what God wants him to do with regard to, to Pharaoh. So that's why, that's what I believe set thy face means, to set your focus, to place your focus on a burden God has provided to you. Powerful, powerful. Ella, set thy face. One minute now. I, yeah, I also agree with everyone because as she said with the whole... You don't agree with anyone. Say your. Yeah, I'm trying to build on what they've said because obviously I agree All with right. the fact that you said that like the son of man is a like a spokesperson. So in this case, Ezekiel being the spokesperson of men, but it's almost like he's communicating God's will to them. So to turn his face away from God to the people to communicate what God wants or what God is saying against Egypt. So, yeah. Set thy face. All the answers was very, very good. But I think the people that tried the most God was Jay and Enoch. In prophetic prayer, you see, next now, from now on, when you go and read the Bible, don't read it on face value. See it as a tool. And actually speaking, Open, open, give you the key to unlock it. Because if you read it at face value, you understand anything. In prophetic prayer, like Enoch and Jay said, setting your face means focus on the subject matter. It means on this matter, you put all your focus. Can everybody hear me now? Yeah. Okay. What I don't know what just happened. Anyways, so what was I saying? In in um one second. Focus on the subject. Yeah. Focus. Set thy face means focus on the subject matter. Let me say this. Prophetic prayer is superior to your personal prayer. I'm going to say some stuff. I may sound controversial, but it is what it is. When God gives you, this is a prayer God has given Ezekiel to pray and to prophesy it, right? When God gives you a prophetic prayer, you have to lay aside your personal prayer for a while and set your feet on the prophetic prayer. In other words, God will come to you. You have tuition problems. You are praying, God, my tuition. 
and God released a burden to pray for this family or this person. As a wise person who wants to grow in the spirit, what you do is that you set aside your tuition problem. I'm not saying don't pray for your tuition problem, but in that time, set your face means you cannot gaze on two things at a time. The human eye, its proximity and angle can look up to only 180 degrees forward and, and, and sideways. They, stay with me. Your eye, it can, it, it's not 360, it's only 180, forward and sideways. It is only a goat who can see 360, if I'm not mistaken, right? So it means that in prophetic prayer, in the realms of the spirit, in the realm of the spirit, you cannot look everywhere at the same time. So when God gives you a prophetic prayer, what you do is that your own personal prayer, you put it aside. And then you set your face. Like they said, you align yourself. Like Uno said, you put your focus, all your strength and energy on that prophetic prayer. Son of man, set thy face. It means, Ezekiel, leave everything Leave everything on the side and focus on this thing I'm telling you to do. Afterwards, when you satisfy what I'm telling you to do, they're going to go and pick up your own personal request. Set that thing. I'm not saying don't pray your personal prayer, but in the day of prophetic prayer, in the day when God calls you and says, Son of man, in the day when God says, Hey, in the day when God, and God calls you Ella. Come to me and what prophesy. That day you leave all your requests down, and then you see to the request, the prophetic prayer God is giving you. At that point, you put your desires and your prayers of requests and petition and supplications on one side, and you set your face on the prophetic prayer or the assignment or the prayer. God is telling you to pray. I don't know whether this will happen to you. Sometimes I want to go and pray, and there's only one prayer point I can pray. It's not like I can't pray other things, too, but when I begin to pray, I'll go that route. It's, I don't know how it is. That is prophetic prayer. It means the Spirit of God is trying to set, help me to set my feet on that prayer. These are deep matters in the economy of prayer. Thy things means align your spirit, your soul, and your body. You can pray with your spirit and not your mind. I keep telling people prayer is more than you think, it's not speaking tongues, it's not just putting words together. You must, your spirit, your soul, your body must all be in alignment. Because to set your face, it means that you need a consecration. A to concentrate. You need to look at the thing. Your concentration level must be high. If I'm setting my face on something, I'm gauging it. It means spirit, soul, body is in alignment. You can't tell me that you are gauging your eyes on something and then your mind is somewhere else. Because you need your spirit, your soul, your body for full alignment. When you are praying, or when you know that 
this prayer is serious. Don't pray absent-minded. Some people just go to the place of prayer and pray absent-minded. You are praying and you are watching Netflix. You are praying and watching soccer. Your mind is not there. Your spirit is just praying. You must carry your spirit along. People think that when we come and pray, I, I just come and scream. I carry my mind along. Because when I'm praying my spirit and I carry my mind along, if God speaks, do you know what I used to pick up the signal? My mind, not your spirit. When you are praying, your spirit is praying. You must carry your mind along because when the, it, the spirit of man is the crown of the Lord, God will send the message to your spirit, but it, you can only capture it cognitively when it enters into your mind or your mind assimilates it or processes it. That's how it becomes a thought process or a revelation. But that revelation was sent first, was, was, was first sent as a, as a nerve signal into your spirit first. So you are praying and you don't carry your mind. That's when after you finish praying, you say, I didn't hear from God. Because you didn't carry your mind. Remember, spiritual warfare does not end in prayer. When um, this year, we've we seen so many things. Spiritual warfare does not end in prayer. Listen, when you are fight, fighting a battle in the spirit, this, this, listen to what I said. It does not end in prayer. It doesn't mean something is about to you go and go and pray. Father, I bind and lose. And then you go, no, 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 no. It doesn't end. Spiritual warfare. If you have done accurate spiritual warfare, it should result in wisdom and knowledge. Spiritual warfare ends in knowledge and direction or wisdom. The proof you want a spiritual battle is that God will give you a direction, a word, a rhema, a revelation. That's the proof you have done accurate spiritual warfare. In warfare, when you are doing spiritual warfare, you keep praying to hear a word from the Lord. Said that faith means you have to be sharp. Your concentration level must be high. Many people pray, but they don't set thy faith. To overcome spiritual warfare, you need an instruction. This thing is hindering you. This other is hindering you. When you are praying sufficiently, God will release the word to you. If you come in any form, that is when you are praying, you must carry your mind along. So when the signal is sent to your spirit and your spirit sends it to your mind and, 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 and your mind assimilates it or processes it, you can capture it, but you don't carry your mind to the place of prayer. And God speaks, how will you hear it? You must have total alignment. Remember, when I'm doing spiritual warfare, I win the battle when I hear the voice of God. I win the battle when I hear God speak to me. I win the battle when I hear instruction from Elohim. That is when my spiritual warfare is coming to an end. Spiritual warfare does not end in prayer. No, it doesn't. If life tried. So there must be an alignment. Remember the Red Sea? Many people think the Red Listen, listen. See, stay, stay with me. Remember the rest. What God told Moses 
word. Said, use your rod. Tap putting on them. Boom. Red sea open. That was the physical alignment. Now, when Moses released his rod, what happened in the heavens? Like, oh, oh Jesus. What happened in the heavens was not just Moses using his rod. When Moses released his rod as a prophetic action, what happened in the heavens or in the spirit was that Bible says what? And the breath of God came from his nostrils. And it was that breath of God that came from his nostrils that parted the Red Sea. So there was a spiritual alignment going on. And there was a physical alignment going on. It wasn't Moses strength or putting the sea, sea open. No. When Moses did that prophetic action, and then God, as Bible says what, and his bread from his nostrils parted the Red Sea. Someone to look for that scripture. It's the book of Psalm. Then pin it. Then we'll read it. That's the alignment. So when Moses was stretching his rod, God was releasing his breath out of his nostrils. Someone find a scripture for me. There must be an alignment. Prayers know what you think. Alignment. Carry your mind. Carry your mind. Carry your mind. Carry your mind. I think we found the scripture. Actually, let me let me let me look for it myself. Okay. I wasn't gonna use this scripture, but something just says so. Uh, okay. Exodus, Exodus fifteen eight. Like Exodus fifteen eight. I thought it was some. Exodus 15. Yeah, Exodus chapter 15, verse 8. And with the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flag stood upright as in heap, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. At the blast of his nostrils. That was, how, well, that was what happened spiritually. What happened physically was a rod put in the water. Alignment protocol. Third point on how to offer prophetic prayer. In prophetic prayer, you must name the enemy and know your enemy. You keep hearing it, know the enemy. I'll, now, I'll go deeper. This prayer people pray. You see me, see when I say things like this, y'all don't like it. This prayer, every power in my family, it's not, it's not acne prayer. I'm telling you today, it's not acne prayer. Pray it. Keep on praying and see whether you get results. Now the question is, what power? How can you go into place of prayer and see every power, every spirit? The question is, what spirit? What power? 
think about it. You hear, you see so many prayer bulletins. You go to so many prayer bulletins, every power fighting in my family. What power? Spirit can be identified. You identify a spirit by its predominant character or phrase. So when a spirit is, is, is influencing a person, you can tell that you can tell that you can tell when a spirit is influencing a person, you can know from spiritual understanding or to the spirit of descent, the descending of spirit that um, it's a spirit of Latavinus. Because that spirit of Latavinus is going, is going to leave an implant or an imprint of a certain character that you can trace it with. Listen, in the realm of the spirit, you have to be skilled. It's not every power. Every power in my family. What power? In the spirit, you must be precise and accurate. Which power? Which spirit are you contending with? Identify the spirit. Name it, then you wage warfare. It's not, it's like you are playing that. And you, you don't know where the dark body you are throwing it. Where is the target? Mm. You see how you have to be skilled in a spirit? Spiritual things is deeper and more than you think. Can you just hit around? I do what I and I go. It's not just about coming blasting songs. Even in a witchcraft coven, listen to this. Even in a witchcraft coven, they mention your name. So why can't you identify the spirit? You think if they mention, let's say in your family, everybody's called um, Magidi. Your name is John Magidi. Your dad's name is uh, Prince Magidi. Your mom's name is Esther Magidi. And they wish that Kobe want to attack and they call Magidi. Oh, which Magidi should come? Because you are all called Magidi. Now they say John Magidi. It is precise. So when you are doing spiritual work with your brain, identify the spirit. Don't say every power. Which power? So two, two couples can be can be sleep on a bed at night. In the witchcraft clothing, the man can be, can be called Prince Magidi. The wife can be called Esther Magidi. But the name they are saying from the witchcraft COVID that will appear in the witchcraft COVID is John Magidi. Esther Magidi won't be affected because they didn't call it position in the spirit. Every power. What power? You don't like this message, but it's what's going to help you, help you go in the spirit. Every power. Which power? Identify the spirit. Why we even call the book of Daniel Prince of Persia? It has a name, Prince of Persia. Spirits are territorial in school. That's another message altogether. You have to be skilled in a spirit. Spiritual, when, when, when you receive a vision, and it's not clear. What you need is more prayers. You don't want to use that small detail to go and fight warfare. You'll be wounded, bro. 
That's when you need to set it out. So when God gives you something and it's talking about maybe somebody and it's not clear, it is a call to prayer. But many of us don't want to pray. Bible said it is the glory, is the glory of a king to set out a matter. And it's the glory of God to hide out a matter. God does not hide things from us. He hides things for us. But many of us are not seeking. He says, seek you first, the kingdom of God. You don't want to search. You don't want to seek. Because seeking and searching, it takes time. You want to pray. You want to pray for long. When I come and say, let's do six hours, some of you dodge me. But that thing that you, that thing that you are looking for, you will never find it. I'm telling you, you will never find it. If you like, go on a thousand places, you will never find it until you seek. You think you stumble upon things in the spirit. No, you don't stumble upon things in the spirit. You set up the matter. Bible says it is the, the glory of a king to set up the matter. So don't seek. You will never find. You'll be 19 years. They remember the things I said. I'll be letting them seek. See, I can't mention your name. I, I see a phone number. That's all you want. I'll send somebody. <laughs> Let me know, go there. Don't do spiritual warfare without sufficient details. Listen, you must be detailed. You must be detailed. Ella, read verse three again. Read verse three again. Ella, read verse three again. Ezekiel. Yeah. Okay, verse 3. Speak and say, That saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, the green the great dragon that lieth in the midst of his rivers, which I had said, My river is my own, and I have made it for myself. Any dream, listen, this is the wisdom nugget. Any dream and vision you have that you don't understand to a greater depth. I'm not talking about surface level, space level understanding. No, we pass that level. It means it is a call to set. And for you to set, you have to set in prayer. Don't like to pray. Spiritual things is going hit and run. I'm telling you this. It's a lifetime. I always say this. A Christian is like, it's, it's like an astronaut. The way astronauts go to space, pray for you to explore space. You are called to explore God. To explore the things in God. Because God is a vast being. It's inexhaustible. So God can... God, God is not a case study that you can finish learning of. God is not a case study that you can finish studying it. He said, I am Alpha Omega. Less than last. It's a lifetime of seeking. You will seek God for long. That's why you have to pray for long. When we prayed last, last month. We did some five-day fasting. So you think that's it? Let me be quiet, sir. 
He said, speak and say, thus said the Lord, behold, I am against the Pharaoh, king of Egypt. The great dragon lied in the midst of the river. You know, it's mad messages. That's why many don't, don't like me, but I don't care. I'll say, I'll say what I see. What are you contending with? Now, understand this. Every place, everyone is content with something. For Ezekiel, listen, there is a human component and there's a spiritual component in, in every spiritual battle. He said, Behold, I'm against thee, Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Who is the human representative? Pharaoh. What is the spirit? The great dragon. So every battle you are fighting has a human component and a spiritual component. Both are important. There are some men, listen, there are some men they paid allegiance to the devil. You must prophesy against them. I'm not saying go and fight with them. But in the realm of the spirit, where's our soul? So you must prophesy against them. And you must contend with the spirit working through them or behind them. So Pharaoh was the human, human principality. But the spirit behind you was the great dragon. When I say pray, you don't want to pray. You are not doing me. You are doing yourself. Five years, ten years on the line. You remember this guy was telling me to pray. I didn't take it seriously. I don't talk. This I don't talk. I will call prayer. It's like, come, like, don't come. You are. Uh, one of my, a man of God says, I'm the apostle. He said, You are where you are by the prayers you prayed and you preach to pray. So if something happens to you, don't cry. Listen to me. Where you are now is that the result of the prayers you prayed and you refuse to pray. So if something happens to you, don't cry. Don't complain. Because you are dead or that thing happened to you because you prayed or you refuse to pray. Simple. And don't mind me. You refuse to pray. You refuse to do what you ought to do in the day that was given to you. There's an evil day and it's coming from every man. So there's a physical representation of the enemy by good beyond that. There's a spirit behind Pharaoh. And that spirit was a great dragon. Now, two things on how to prosecute prophetic prayer, then we pray. You must know two things. On this last point, identify the enemy. Now, when you know that, mm, okay, with me, I see this spirit. This spirit's like a snake, python. What you can do is this. Go to the scripture, find all the scriptures and context that talk about snake and python. When you see it, lift up that scripture and say, it's like you're speaking God's word. 
Because in spiritual warfare, you don't come in your name or you don't come in your words. You come in the name of the Lord. So you know that you see a python spirit. As a wise person, I'm, I'm teaching. You open your Bible or you you, you, you buy before they're fine. Go on Google. I'm giving you technique. Scripted on Python or Snake. Plenty will come. Read all of them. If it's 200, read it. Read all of them. The ones that resonate with you that you can do work with, pick it up and go and pray. Apostle said, I speak in tongues more than all of you. I'm telling you, I do. I, I speak in tongues for long by God's grace. But there are days where we lift, we take the scripture out of the page and we use it to pray prophetic prayer. But that word is a God's word. He said, That says, Lord, that says the Lord God. It means it is going to give him the words to say. And if he wants things to say, the word of God is God's word or God's voice. So he can lift it out or take it out. That's prophetic prayer. Or God can give you a revelation. A word. You are there, you hear a scripture. Or you hear God saying, say this and you say, that's also prophetic prayer. You come scripturally or the proceeding word. Come in revelation, in a vision, in a dream, in a trance, whatever, or in a prophecy. When you say it, it will cause damage. God told Ezekiel, speak my word, prophet against fire. That is prophetic prayer. That, is, that wasn't the prophet's word. That was God's word. And nothing can resist the word of God. I'm against you, Pharaoh. That is the man. The dragon is a spirit. Sometimes you have to contend with men. Professor, I mean, I'm going to go and fight, go, go and talk them all. Professor, against them. As you are inspired and put in. When the spirit of judgment comes upon you, by the leading of the spirit, don't go and then curse people around. No. You professor, that has potential. Now, the prophetic direction for today is out of me, Jesus. And I'll give you. We're about to pray. 